Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news. Trends. The people involved. Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Well, I'd like to say live from our palatial studios in San Diego, California, but I'm not. I'm going to say it's from Des Moines, Iowa. That's where we're at. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, live from the iHeart Studios. And I do want to recognize our corporate sponsor, and that is our presenting sponsor. No, they're not. They're our partners. They're our bosses. Evergreen Podcast. What? what can we ever get our, our copier fixed? I mean, it it the, the whole center part of that first paragraph is gone. i got to make it all up. And it's just it's not professional, Jack. Is there something we can do collectively as a people? Not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> Can't hear you. Took my headphones off. Of course. Anyway, you uh, welcome back to the show, Scott Casper, with you, Tony Wink, as always. PJ Duran here. Um, do want to thank Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop for their contributions. Jack and Leon De Leon, our producers. And uh, first hour, missed it. Go back and grab it. Zach Osborne started things up in style. Kyle Peters came along, made us laugh, and filled us in on what's going on and how he is uh, doing. And then Henry Wiles was just a few minutes late, but nonetheless, he graced us with his presence. Due up hour number two on the program, Jeff May. But we start the hour off with Kyle Wyman. He joins us. Kyle, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're good, and I want to congratulate you. I'm the first guy on Pit Pass, anyway, to congratulate you, but I bet it's been a pretty fun week so far. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been great. Feels feels awesome. That is, did, and we asked somebody, I think it was DeSalvo a couple weeks ago when we had him on, do you get the, do you get the rolly when you win, or was that a qualifying only thing? Yeah, now it's when you win. It used to be. It was a qualify. It was Super Bowl that got you the Daytona. Now the win gets it's which is the way it should be. Yeah, to the winner go the spoils. Right. So you got a new Rolex. You're rocking around town. Cheers to you, sir. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty surreal still. What do you take for it? Sorry. <laughs> He's trying to buy oh, your watch. <laughs> what do you take <laughs> for it? For Has anybody asked you yet? Yeah. No, they, uh, you know, they're so far so good. I don't, I haven't really worn it around much, so, you know. Oh, man, I'd be wearing it right now. Uh, that's it. It is awesome. And what a great race, Kyle. I mean, it, it varies. It, it's a long race, it's an endurance race. And, uh, the, the way this one played out just reminds, uh, fans of endurance racing, you know, it's never over till it's over. Um, for our listeners who didn't get to watch, you know there was you got a bit of a reprieve with about four laps left. You were a little bit off the lead group and looked certain to have a podium locked up. But thanks to the well, unfortunately for the for the bad luck of one rider, uh, brought the group back together and the lead lap came together for a four lap sprint. Uh, you, you did an amazing job. What what was going through your head on the line? Well, I mean, I, I knew I had to lead it, actually, which sounds so weird. But um, 
I was ha- having a lot of struggles drafting to the line the whole race, you know, the whole first stint, even in the pack racing and stuff. I, I just was not able to make it happen to the line from the chicane. So my strength was in the infield and coming out on, you know, onto the, onto the banking. And, um, I just, I knew I had to try to lead it, try to break away. You know, I, I feel like we all had our own, uh, we all had our share of, of bad luck, I think in this deal, but you know, everything came back and there were six of us on the lead lap. We all had a chance to win it. And I put my head down and got to make it happen. So I'm just grateful and thankful and worked out pretty good. Yeah, there's and no implication is being made that you did not well and goodly deserve this win, Kyle. It You have to run all 200 miles. That's always been the case with this race. This is not the first, nor do I imagine it will ever be the last time that something happens in the late laps, bringing the field back together. It's happened historically in this race a lot, and it's just part of the deal. Um, it really did look like uh, <laughs> you were struggling there, though. That's, that's funny you said that. I, I really was paying attention, obviously, along with everyone else watching that last four laps, because it got real entertaining after it had uh, slowed down a little bit, at least from the fans' perspective. It got real entertaining for that last sprint. Uh, what do you think it was? They, I mean, were you out of gear? Was that the problem? I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like I was kind of, we had a thing geared really tall and I was kind of in between gears on the banking. So I was either really revved out or I was kind of lugging it depending on it. Just the timing of being able to get a drafted pull out and keep pulling wasn't there for me. It was pretty well geared for running by myself, obviously, you know, so Maybe that's something we got to look at. It's just kind of a strategy thing, but um, you know, luckily we we had such uh, you know Pirelli tires work good. We had you know four lap sprint, so we could go light fuel load, new tires, and um, you know I, I feel like I had to win that race twice almost. You know, in the second stint, I found that I had some pace, and I decided to pull the pin, built a five second gap, and then. We didn't actually lose it in the pits. We lost it all on the, on the in-lap. I ran out of gas on the last lap of the second stint, and my lead evaporated. The guys came blind, you know, flying by me in NASCAR 4 before I pulled in. So, yeah, it was just highs and lows of a 200-mile race that lasts so long. You know, it's like for a while I was like, okay, I'm third. got to conserve fuel because I don't know if that was a dump can issue or what that made me run out in the second stint. So I pretty much accepted my fate at third, which I thought for running out of fuel at one point is a pretty damn good result, you know. And and my initial reaction to the red flag was that I was bummed because I didn't think I would have a chance in in the pack. You know, I knew I had a chance and, you know, maybe if there was two other guys, I could put my head down and and break away. But I I didn't think I had a chance in a restart pack like that. So I I was bummed at first. And then, you know, I said, I got to try it. What do you think about, uh, unrelated or not so unrelated, there were a number of guys who uh, we will not call them couch potatoes because they just ran a 200, but there are a number of guys that aren't actively campaigning uh, full seasons such as yourself. We know you and your training regimen to be uh, you know, world-class. You're in killer shape. There were a couple older guys right in the mix there, well past the halfway point when you would expect, uh, maybe expect... Uh, 
guys who weren't 100% fit to uh, keep keep being there. I mean, I think it, what do you think it says about a, a number of the guys out there? There's, it's a pretty good list, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Daytona. You got you got a little bit of time to catch your breath. You know, I think Daytona is not really, like, hard on the heart. You know, it's not like a really physical track. It's hard on the joint because you're just, like, your knees are bent for two hours. You're looking as if you're trying to look straight up or over the back of your head for two hours. Your neck's just, I mean, the red flag was terrible because that's when you realize how much pain you're in from, like, holding, you know, certain positions and stuff if you got injuries like i've broken vertebrae in my neck and stuff so my neck is just wrecked in the 200 burns right just horrible like i just want to go flag to flag because i don't want to realize you know how much pain i'm in you know and have to go back out and ride more so that was that was kind of part of it but i mean it's just uh yeah it's cool to see everybody up in there good fight good names proper field you know a lot of a lot of good names in there that could have really won it um that's why it makes it even even sweeter to have come away with with a win and um we're definitely gonna have to come back next year and defend it now for sure and can you describe for me and, and, and maybe our listeners I mean, for me in my case i've been in D- D- daytona several times and you know a guy and i go there for the supercross or why i have always gone in the past but uh, uh you know the you don't realize how steep the banking is at Daytona. And I've done several track days, but never road raced, but never ridden on anything like that. And I always wonder what that would be like. And I've watched you guys race in there and, you know, and, and I've stood on the wall on the outside and watched and it's so cool. And you guys look like you're about two inches from the wall and maybe you are, but, uh, what's that like as a rider to go around that wall? It's to me, it just seems like it'd be, a lot of g-force for one thing and uh just just really cool i would think no it, it is really cool it's uh it's special i mean coming there for a long time now it's just it's just normal you know you're kind of used to it but i remember my first time and the the best way for me to explain it is like it's almost like you're in a loop because you're you know you have the g-force it feels like you're straight up and down but you're almost perpendicular to the ground and you can't see the end of the banking when you enter it so when you first get up in there, you can't even look far enough ahead to see where it ends, and it feels like you're straight up and down. It feels like you're in an endless loop. <laughs> yeah, and having done, I have raced uh, at a, a NASCAR Speedway at Nashville when it used to be an operating racetrack, uh, r- raced where there, nothing like Daytona. But, man, the on and off of the banking was brutal. I mean, I would smash my chin bar. I mean, is that even... I see you guys coming out of, that's the International Horseshoe, right? When you wheelie out of there, out of the chicane and up onto the banking? It's a smooth transition. It's it is. Even turn, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You know, the only the only time you have an issue is if you're kind of tight coming out of six on the other side on the west banking. If you're tight, you got, you know, a bigger grade. Steeper, steeper grade. Apron, you know, it, it becomes a little bit, uh, a little abrupt of a of a change there, but. Typically, it's not a big deal. Yeah, that's uh, it is it is a different thing, and yeah, that track is long enough. Uh, yeah, that's got to be wild. Pin it without knowing exactly where your exit point is till you get there. That is that. It's got to be a little unsettling, isn't it? Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> you get used to it. It's what you say. You get used to yeah. it. Well, I mean this this. 
portends well for your season, doesn't it, Kyle? Uh, it's got to make your sponsors happy. It's got to make you happy. Put a little gas money in the tank. Are you uh, stoked and ready for the season to kick off? What Circle of the Americas is uh, the first official round of your full season, right? Uh, Road, Amer- or Road Atlanta, actually. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I've got the... Yep, we've got uh, Road Road Atlanta. God, I keep doing that. Road Atlanta first. Road America is my favorite track. I just love it. So Me too. We go we go to Atlanta, and that's our season opener. We used to kick it off at Coda, but being kind of the sideshow with uh, MotoGP, it's better for Moto America to have their own debut, you know, round of the year and stuff like that. So it's um, yeah, it's coming up two and a half weeks. We uh, we got some work to do on these Ducatis. Yeah, and are you? I mean, how is development going? I assume you've. Uh, I mean, do you get to work? Someone at your level, you're clearly a talented and professional race organization team manager. You, you wear a lot of hats. Do you get data from anybody in Europe who's clearly been racing this machine and might have the you know at least the ability to share something useful? Yeah, that's really been the um, the best part of our relationship with Ducati is the. Uh, connection to Ducati Corsa. I mean, it's been almost daily conversations with those guys, passing down stuff that they learn. Uh, even, you know, big congrats from those guys from winning the 200 this weekend. That was pretty cool to see, you know, that they're they're kind of watching from over there. So, yeah, it's been a really good really good relationship so far. We've got a lot to learn. There's no question. You've, but you've... Uh, having their, them in our corner is a huge help. Learn, learn. On, uh, you're going to have some on-the-job training here, real quick, right? And uh, your Gary Dean, is that right? Is he? He's uh, involved yep. in your. Yep. So, I, I thought that's what I was. I was thinking. Uh, so, so you've got, uh, you know, two and a half weeks. Do you have any kind of testing in between now and then, or is it a matter of just loading the trailer and getting going? We may not get to test. It might. We might just show up at Atlanta. We'll we'll have to see. We're going to try to sneak in two days in, in Arizona if we can, but um, nothing's guaranteed at this point. We've got a lot of work to do still, and um, you know we just got to put together something that's going to get there and be consistent and make race distance with the fuel and just build from there. But we've got a pretty good plan and see how it comes together. Well, clearly, if you're watching uh, anything happening in World Superbike, uh, the bike is now six for six if we're counting these Super Pole races, so that's got to at least uh, make you feel good uh, and to know the package can be a race winner uh, against some of the best in the world. I mean, does that even play into anything for you, Kyle, or is it 100% about what happens under your garage roof? Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly what's happening here. You know, we got the bikes two weeks ago. They've had them for a year, a year and a half, you know what I mean? So it definitely is little bit steeper for us but the potential's there i mean i've ridden the bike in stock trim and it just blows away anything else i've ever ridden honestly really so, yeah i mean it's just uh it's purpose-built homologation special i mean it's it's definitely a race bike out of the box so hopefully it comes in at a higher level right out of the gate and then our development will be highly influenced by ducati corsa and we, we will do our best to follow their instructions because it seems like they kind of know what they're doing over there <laughs> just pull the turn signals off and you're ready to go it sounds like it's easy you make it yeah. sound so easy got winglets man yeah yeah <laughs> it ready. absolutely does it's uh 
it's clearly been an impressive machine uh, everywhere it's gone. That's that is a uh, high praise coming from a guy like you. You've ridden most of the packages out there at least briefly and spent a good time on uh, the one that's done really well here in the United States uh, in our series. So that's uh, it, that is. It's saying interesting something. to hear. It is definitely saying something. Uh, not every guy can say it and mean as much as uh, when Kyle Wyman does. Any any other new developments in your race team? Anything that's got you real excited? Obviously, the bike being the big one. Yeah, I mean, it's been a culmination of things. Um, you know, some new sponsors. Genuine Brewster Chicken's coming on board for a couple rounds to help us out. Really pumped that they're going to stick around in the paddock this year. Um, you know, picking up some help here and there that's going to be uh, a big deal moved to alpine stars gear this year i'm excited about that how is that you know, there's just awesome just amazing amazing equipment as you'd expect but um but yeah i mean it's uh it's really cool i've got also so gary dean is back of course uh, I've, I've actually brought in uh darren marshall from uh he w- he worked with the uh, yoshimura crew last year and he's going to be doing our electronics this year and um, we're going to be working with Ducati Corsa on their kit Morelli system that we're going to implement probably by the fourth round of the season so I'm excited about that I've never ridden on those sophisticated electronics but uh, we're going to we're going to go for it because Ducati has built their own software and program and everything to uh, to work with their V4R and they're going to help us get it set up and rolling so that's going to be really cool that is, I mean, you're essentially talking World Superbike kit now. I mean, that is yep. the very, you're going to be rolling essentially the same package that they, that Mr. Bautista is so dominant with right now. Yep, we'll have some baselines and, you know, we'll be able to definitely work with those guys directly to help us get on a path of our own. You know, tracks are different, tires are different stuff's different you know it's same but different you know there's just uh, we've got to make it work for me and how i ride on these tracks and uh hopefully come up with a package that suits me pretty well and we'll see what we're capable of absolutely that is uh that is absolutely witnessed in our uh in the the most recent of uh world superbike races I'm a huge fan of Chaz Davis, have been ever since he started racing here as a very young racer in uh, the AMA series, and he's been an absolute terror on the Ducati until this season, and he seems to be a little bit struggling as his teammates really putting it down. I don't know what to think of that. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd be speaking out of turn if I was going to speak to that at all, you know. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Chaz is a great rider, and I think he'll figure it out. Kyle, you want to thank some of the sponsors that helped you go racing this past week and, and then in the future this, this coming season? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have plenty of time to talk about Ducati, so I want to really give a huge shout-out to the NC Track Days crew, Bobblehead Moto, the entire group of guys that got us a, a Daytona 200 championship. It's just unbelievable amount of support from them. They really gave me like a, a factory feel. Like they just t- took care of everything. I still helped plan a lot of the stuff, but they let me come in there and be relaxed, and be a rider, and I think that's really why we were able to take it home. So, just huge thanks to those guys, and can't wait to come out to some of their track day events on the East Coast and do, do up rides, and coach, and all that. 
That's Kyle Wyman celebrating his first Daytona 200 victory. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. You all get right. to say that all year, Kyle, for the next entire year. You I are. won the last 200. That's right. Yep. Awesome. All right, Kyle Wyman's been our guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to another fella who is, uh, has competed in the Daytona 200, Jeff May. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Jeremy McGrath, and you're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast 